Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Coach's Corner. I'm Coach Andrew Poretz from Ingenuity Coaching. I help people discover and fulfill their passions and greatness. My mission, to inspire and challenge you to dream big dreams, and with my coaching, help you to manifest those dreams into reality. You can visit my website at www.myfuturecoach.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach Andrew. If you're listening live and you have a question, the phone number is 646-929-2893. You'll be able to listen to the show on the phone, and if you press the number one, I'll know you have a question. We also have a live chat room right on the show page where you can feel free to join in. My guest tonight, Clyde Baldo, is an actor, director, acting coach, psychotherapist, and photographer. He leads his unique acting personal transformation workshops internationally. Clyde assists people into connecting with their true selves and living with passion, soul, and rawness. His mastery is moving people's energy and getting them unstuck in a short, concentrated time. Clyde's acted in over 50 plays, 30 films, 15 commercials, and four TV network spots. He's also directed 16 plays in New York. He's had his private practice as a psychotherapist for 18 years, has worked as an acting coach for 10 years writing original monologues so actors can tap into themselves deeper and also have unique audition pieces. He directed his play Glimpses, which was 25 monologues performed by 25 actors at Arclight Theater in New York in July of 2010, and I was there. He has directed Glimpses twice in Rio de Janeiro in Portuguese. His work helps one become natural, powerful, and present. You can learn more about Clyde Baldo at ClydeBaldo.com. Clyde, are you with me? Hi, Andrew. How are you? I'm good. That was uh, the, one of the longest introductions I've ever given. Yeah, I mean, God, my mother would be very, very proud. Uh, my mother would be proud that I could say it, so we're even. <laughs> it's great to be here, Andrew. And the thing about you, and you know, because I, I said all these things that you've done, and one of the things that always has always struck me about you, Clyde, is that you're not just a guy who does stuff, but you're a master, not a jack of many trades, but you're a master of many trades, which is tremendously impressing to me. Thank you. I, I, that's very kind, and I appreciate that. Um, yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you, Andrew. Because I've seen your work. I haven't you know, really seen your work as an actor, but I've seen your work as a director. I've seen the people who have uh, come through your shows. I have certainly not only have seen your work as a photographer, but anybody who has ever been on my show page and sees that beautiful picture of me in the uh, in that uh, that flowery background, that is a Clyde Baldo photograph. And you know, I, I love that picture of you because it just it it just jumps. Like mm. your energy is kind of mirrored in that in that um, painting, which I happen to have done. And <laughs> it, it was just. Uh, hey, but wait, there's more. He also paints, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a painter. I'm a pilot. I, I'm a chef. No, just kidding. Um, uh, so I just that 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 photograph has always just really jumped out, and and I know the energy of that has has assisted you in a lot of ways, and that pleases me. Well, yes, it has in in in, in all kinds of areas, and and uh, <laughs> that we, we we won't even necessarily discuss here. But no, we but we sure, will definitely not discuss here. It's gone a long <laughs> way, and it almost makes me want to grow that beard back because everything about that it just all came together. And by the way, um, uh, as I recall, that was after a, a, a nice long session of photographs. That was like the very last thing you did as, as a. You know, I got an idea, I got an idea, and then next thing you know, that's the picture. 
Well, you know, I mean, and that's what it's all about. It's like, you know, for me, it's all about letting yourself be, as you said, be inspired. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, you can you can plan things up the kazoo. But if you're really open to just like letting things be organic and and being inspired, like, it just pops in. Mm. And and there it was. And uh, I'm so glad that we took that shot because uh, it's it's one of my favorite shots. I just love that shot of you. Thank you. Well, you know, of course, the Welcome. the subject was so amazing too. Let's let's face it. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I couldn't mi- I couldn't miss with that subject. Come on. <laughs> Okay, I just, you know, I just went there, you know, what can I tell you? Yeah, no, no, yeah, you, you know, you gave yourself a little pat on the back, and, and yeah. as you should. Thank you. Uh, and I, now I can belch, but um, <laughs> thank you. But, you know, what's, what's, you know it, it, what strikes me also about you, you're a guy who I, I would describe as very passionate in, in how you live your life. You're a very passionate yes. guy. You, you exude a certain uh, charisma and intensity. Uh, I also know you as a really huge fan of sports. Yes. Yes. Probably, oh my. you could be probably heard from miles away uh, yelling in your apartment, I would imagine. Well, it's funny that you said that because uh, people used to uh, come over and watch me watch the game. <laughs> I, literally, I would say, you know, yeah, we want to come over and watch you because I just, I'm in there. I'm in the game, yeah. you know, and, and, and I, I participate and I, I'm pacing, I'm screaming, I'm yelling, I'm calling out the plays. You know, I, I've known sports my whole life, you know, growing up in, in Manhattan and, and being a Yankee fan and a Jets fan and a Knicks fan and a Ranger fan. And, you know, since since 10 years old, you know, it, it's part of my blood. And, uh, I, I, you know, there's something about sports that I think there's uh, – that some, sometimes people don't appreciate the, the discipline it takes, mm-hmm. the teamwork it takes, um, how you have to really get through adversity – Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I just love I just love building to a goal. You know, it, it's it's phenomenal. I, I I heard that Spike Lee has come to you for lessons in how to be a fan. He he has he has, and uh, I've tried to get him to take off those glasses, but he just refuses. Oh, that that guy, that Spike, ooh, that Spike, ooh, that Spike. <laughs> but you know what? I say, Spike, if you need, if you need to go that way, we'll go that way. Yeah, and he yeah. appreciates that. You got to go where, where you know where the energy flows. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but I I like that you know Spike's in there. He he just he <laughs> loves his teams. So speaking of not speaking of Spike, but speaking of energy, so you're a guy who moves people's energy. I'd like to hear more about that. Well, you know, uh, I, I find that no matter who I'm working with, we're we're in this world, and in this world, there's so many. Um, challenges, whether it's physical or health or emotional or mm-hmm. relationship or money, and people's energy shuts shuts down. And the people I that I work with, it's like they could they could be speaking to me about whatever they're speaking to me about, but I could feel where they're stuck. I could feel that they're angry about something or scared about something, and and it's it's that energy that gets in the way of of manifesting and and expression mm-hmm. and and living the life that that they want. So I kind of, for some reason, I've always had this gift of isolating very quickly, you know, what that deep wound is or deep issue is, and so people can move through that, you know, kind of uh, pretty gracefully and mm-hmm. quickly. And it, it, it allows them to um, be free of the fear and, and, the, um, and the confusion. 
Now, would you call this a, a gift, something that you've had training with, or combination? Well, you know, I personally think that I've had this my whole life because I just have had this my whole life. So, mm-hmm. it, it is a gift. You know, it's like it's a place that I'm incredibly natural in. It's just something that. You know, some people have called it wizardry. Some people have just called it mastery. And I don't know why or how, but I've been just given this this gift of of connecting and and wanting to see and can see people's essences essences pretty quickly, mm. and and feeling their their spirit. You know, and um, even as a young boy, I could I could just tap in. So I, I feel it's a gift. And yes, I've been trained. You know, I have my uh, master's in uh, spiritual psychology out in uh, the University of Santa Monica in California, which was mm-hmm. a, a phenomenal program, really, really beautiful program that was intense and passionate and courageous. And, uh, you know, each person had to confront their own issues and see where they were stuck. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, I had to go through what, I, what I'm helping people go through. Wow. So uh, now I, w- I want to get a, I, an idea of with you with what came first because you're so good at all these different things. So like where where did you start? Um, was it acting? Was it psychology? Were they, did they all happen at the same time by some miraculous way? <laughs> um, it, it's a tricky question because I had inklings of it at a very young age. And, um, uh, you know, my, my interest in human behavior and, and being able to connect to feelings mm-hmm. and, and understand things in a compassionate way at a very young age, male or female, you know, for some reason I just understood it. So the psychology stuff has always been um, in, in my world. And, and as a young kid, I was, you know, I, I like to play and perform and then it kind of went away. And then, you know, I went through my own stuff and my own personal stuff. And I ended up at, at Stuyvesant High School. And, mm. you know, as as nice as that sounds on one level, it's a math and science school. Right. And, you know, it was just not, in a sense, the right place for me, but it was what it was. And, and then I went to college. And in college, and I went to Clark University in Worcester, Massachusetts, which okay. was just a phenomenal experience. Uh, my college experience, I would not trade in for anything. Um, I just started to, I, I, I auditioned for my first show, which was Bye Bye Birdie. I played Harvey Johnson. Hello, Mrs. Hankel. This is Harvey Johnson. And, um, oh yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden I was cast in the leads of like six shows after that, and I was hooked. So, um, and, I, and, and I got my B.A. in psychology from Clark. So there's the psych, the psychology, and the and the acting. And then, for lots of different personal reasons, I let go of the acting. I went through my own personal stuff. Again, you know, I had to go through my own uh, reclamation of myself in a different way. And uh, in the early '90s, I went back for my master's. And mm-hmm. at that point, uh, when I graduated from my master's program. Um, uh, it was really parallel. I started my practice. I, I got back into acting, and they both have just, you know, took off. So the so the entire time, basically, you've really been like living this uh, dual existence, and as a, a therapist slash actor slash. Yep. And when slashes. And, and when. Um, when did the uh, the other some of the other things start coming in? When did you start becoming, a, say, a director? And you're also a writer, is that correct? Correct, correct. 
Well, the directing came uh, naturally because, you know, I've, I've acted in a lot of plays, and I was always uh, disappointed about my experience, or I was usually disappointed uh, about my experience. I didn't feel that the internal experience was rewarding. I felt it to be kind of clinical and technical and, and kind of impersonal and mm-hmm. just a lot of directors just interested in the final product. But So I said, you know what? It's up to me to do it differently, and I do do it differently, and I've gotten that feedback. Because that, for me, the internal experience of my actors is just as important as the external product. And the people who I've worked with, they'll all say, and I, and I know this, that it's like the easiest, most fun, most safe experience they've ever had. Because that's what I create, because that's what I believe in. I don't go for the drama. It doesn't have to be hysterical. It's about them blossoming and them finding the play uh, and, and, and creating it in a sense for me. Um, I'm very egoless when it comes to directing. and I, I don't control them. They actually show me what the play looks like, and I know the process, and I trust that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that's how the directing started because I was dissatisfied with my own experience as an actor. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you're, if you're out there directing something and you may have some idea of what you're looking to accomplish, but it, you're really leaving it in the hands of your actors and it may look completely different than your original thought. Well, yes and no. Okay. I actually, I know it might sound a little bizarre, mm-hmm. but I actually don't have an idea of what I'm looking at, looking ah, for. What, I, what I'm actually looking for in a general sense is for them to be, you know, if you hire someone, if you hire a plumber, you don't sit over the plumber and tell him how to fix the sink. Right. So I, I hire very talented actors who I know, given the right space, and this is my whole philosophy, given the right space in anything I do, all the things I do, if a person feels safe and they're nurtured to blossom, What's going to come out of them is so much better than you ever expected and, whatever, and what they expected. So I just give them the space to feel playful and, and, and courageous to try different things and to feel it and to just uh, explore. And in that exploration, that's when the magic happens. So a lot of times I don't even have to block a show. I don't even have to tell them where to go. Sometimes I have to. I, I want maybe a certain image in a certain place, or mm-hmm. I like a certain look, so I, I'll go there at the very end. But often in my shows, I, I want them to be in the moment each night, and I love when something's different. I don't want it to be a replica of the night before. Right. I like when something goes wrong. So it's all the, the feeling, because once the character is inside of them at that level, it's like being out in the world. You know, you, you get on the subway, the subway is slow. Then you go buy a newspaper, you get the ink on your fingers. You know, you, you don't know what, what your day is going to be. It's the same thing with a play. So uh, so somebody might see uh, one of your shows uh, on several different nights and, and see some completely different uh, Correct. Things. Correct. Correct. You know, that can happen. I mean, it might happen, it might not, but right. uh, it, it, it absolutely can feel like, oh, yesterday I saw that, and she got really angry at that place, and tonight she, like, thought it was very funny. <laughs> and But that's what I love, is yeah. that, you know, I don't want somebody to just go be angry, you know, play angry if they think something is funny on another night, 
it's it's the confidence, and that's why I, I, I go back to what what you said about me, natural, powerful, and present. If you're present, you know, uh, people laugh at funerals and cry at weddings. So there's all different responses to things. Mm-hmm. So I just want the response that's there because whatever there is going to be um, the most live thing that, that you could find. So how did the, uh, the, the idea come to you for the, to do the 25 different scenes, which I was, I, I, I was uh, fortunate to have seen the, the 25 monologues performed by 25 actors of glimpses. How did that come to you? Well, it came to me because as an acting coach, you know, I started to write monologues to tap into people's raw places that they needed help tapping into, and, and it gave permission for, you know, sometimes, sometimes people need permission to be a little impolite or right. to go into their anger or to look at certain things. So I started writing monologues that really connect deeply to the human experience, and it, it's, it's bizarrely universal how they just connect there. And so then I, then I was watching people, and, and people were asking me, um, can I use these for audition pieces? And I said, of course. And then people were saying, are you going to have them published? And, and, and they, they had two kind of points of view about it. A part of them didn't want them published. They wanted to kind of keep them for themselves. Mm-hmm. But I was hearing very positive feedback. And then it was like, you know what? I want to do a night of these monologues with all these different actors and just feel and just go on this bizarre, wild ride and have people feel whatever they feel. So, you know, that's how it all happened. Very, I mean, I've written over 50 monologues, mm. and, you know, it, I use them all the time, and I'm watching people. Like, I, I, I had a, a coaching client come in who um, just really didn't like monologues. And she also said, and she never feels anything when she does it. She just blocks off. So I decided to hand her this one monologue. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the monologue, in the first moment, she's sobbing. Wow. Sobbing. And she looks at me. She goes, oh, my God, what happened? I said, let me tell you what happened. Uh, it goes back to what I was saying. I knew a button of hers. I, you know, I knew a place where she'd get activated or triggered. So I handed her a monologue that would touch that place. If you were a young kid, let's say, and you had a dog, uh, you know, get hit by a car, you know, unfortunately, and there was a monologue where that spoke about that, you probably can connect on an emotional level in a place that you don't even know and right. feel it. Sure. So that's what I do is I, you know, I, I give people things that, that they really can feel and, and understand and um, connect to. That's amazing. So, what you that took this show to Rio? <laughs> this is the, this is one of the most amazing stories, even for me. It's yeah. like every time I think about this, I, I want to like pinch myself. Um, literally, talk about manifestation and being you know lined up correctly. Mm-hmm. I had a client uh, who was Brazilian, just all of a sudden tell me and just say to me. Oh, by the way, I'm bringing you to Rio de Janeiro to uh, teach an acting workshop. Just literally <laughs> wow. like that. It, it, I, I, I wish I, I – mean, it was literally that. And so um, I said, yo, great, I'm there. And I remember walking into the room in Rio de Janeiro to 21 actors who spoke Portuguese. I don't speak Portuguese. 
Wow. And and he was my interpreter, mm-hmm. and I just stood in the room and smiled at people <laughs> and looked them in the eye. <laughs> Literally, I just looked at each person, and then I just – I was going to demonstrate what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. which is letting it just happen. And what happened was beyond magical. And I looked over to the interpreter at one point, and he just was like stunned, like he like he couldn't believe what he was seeing. So within an hour, and this is what I mean by things moving quickly, mm-hmm. people in the room are sharing emotional stuff, feelings that they just at such a deep, raw level and really um, are willing to show themselves. See, my belief is that you're the instrument. You've got to be willing to show yourself and connect to who you are mm-hmm. and, and get out of the way of the image and connect to your, your rawness. And that's what happened. It's like I, I go down to Rio and I teach these workshops, which is really helping people accept themselves and have mm-hmm. permission to be and listen to their soul. And, again, I'm using the monologues that I've written that are in the show. So all of a sudden I say, I think we should do this in Rio. We should put this show on. And they were like, yeah, let's put on glimpses in Rio. And there it was. I, I'm watching my show in Portuguese in Rio. Wow. And, and seeing the same kind of feelings, the same kind of emotions come through, it's universal. It's such a beautiful thing to see that humanity or, you know, internationally, and it's not about language. It's about feeling. So you're, so you're, so you're basically saying that even, even though like, you don't speak Portuguese and yet it's apparent to you or it would be apparent to somebody else, What's going on without understanding it? Correct. That's from, Correct. That's from the emotional uh, aspect of it. Correct. And, of that's course, you know, powerful. down in Rio, they're hearing it in Portuguese, the audience, and, and responding to the words, you know, in their native tongue. Yes. Uh, but I, I'm watching almost mirrors of the actors in New York of some things, and some things were different, mm-hmm. but... It was amazing how that the same stuff was coming up and the same heartbreak or the same excitement was all there. And now since this has happened, have you learned any Portuguese? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I've I've started twice. Uh-huh. And so the answer is really no. Oh, okay. Because I I mean, I I know such basic words. Right. But it's, it's almost like I... I don't want to get caught up in, in the language uh-huh. in a certain way. It, it's, it's the way it's working right now is so beautiful right. that um, it, it's, almost, it's, it's not that it's not necessary, but it just, it just flows right. Mm. Yeah, I always ref- I have referred to uh, you know, like the Jerry Lewis uh, language of, of comedy because people always say, like, why is it that Jerry Lewis is so beloved in other parts of the world, like in France, not not so beloved here. Um, and it has to do with how his particular brand of comedy translates without language, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely, because he's, it's so broad and uh, over the top and... Um, and and raw that it do, it does translate it just it just it's so um it, it's like watching charlie chaplin you know it's yes. so obvious yes and in those days you know back in the in the day of charlie chaplin there was no sound right right but you sure did feel 
and understand mm-hmm. what he was going through just by a look or the way he held his head or just how he moved his body. He was able to create a, a sense of pathos where, you, you know, even to with not a, a word said. Not even not a word said. And it's interesting you say that because so many people are afraid of silence. Mm-hmm. And um, when I work with a lot of people, but I'll, I'll use actors as, as the example, um, I always have to say, slow down, and it's okay. You can take a moment and be quiet. And, and chew the food. Let it, mm-hmm. let it, let it, you know, percolate inside of you. And have a moment and be quiet and be silent, and just stop. So yeah, silence it's one is of very the powerful. things that's like like comes certainly in coaching. Uh, I've trained people in some fundamental coaching skills. I've had coaching skills uh, workshops, and that's one of the things we have to work on is to be able to hear the silence, and to just not and just to be. And let exactly. the other person, however long it takes, to get to that place of this is what's up. Yes, and you know, it sometimes it's a little uncomfortable, or sometimes you just have you just have to trust that it's okay. You know, there's nothing wrong, and it gives a person a, a, a the space to recalibrate and to find what the next thing might be or is, as opposed to just in an anxious way just getting to the next thing. Mm. So that's important. So how do you work um, with actors? Like, what's your process? Well, it, you know, it, it, it really, I try to keep it, and it, and I do keep it, as it, it's so personal. I work with actors on such a deep personal level that it really does depend on the person. And so I kind of go with what's there. You know, certain people, um, I, I talk more about just where they're at and what's going on in their life. And we and it's amazing how, again, they need to just get stuff out and, and, and free themselves up or realize that, like, I've had some people say, God, I didn't realize how angry I was. Mm. Well, you know, if you're that angry, that's blocking a lot of stuff. Um, usually I give them my fun little questionnaire. And uh, in my fun questionnaire, it opens up a lot of conversations for them to tap in and connect. The more connected they are to their essence and to their soul, the stronger they're going to be when they walk into an audition room, when they're, when, they, when they're challenged to play certain parts that in the past they would um, want to avoid or deny. So my whole goal is to have them tap into their instrument and to their essence. So I always use my monologues to have them um, feel and um, connect to themselves. Right. So that that's really the key thing. And and we just and after a while they just have so much fun just doing the work. They just love. It's like it's like a workout gym. They, I give them cold and I and oh I, I give them the monologues cold. Mm. And the reason I give them the monologues cold is I want them to learn two things. They can trust themselves. They don't have to over-prepare. They don't have to think about it. We are so brilliant in our computer, in our intuition, mm-hmm. that we think, we think we have to think about things way too much. They will just start responding through intuition if they get it cold because they can't start overthinking. So by cold, that means you don't give it to them to go home with. You say, exactly. right now, you're doing it. 
Exactly. And then the other thing that happens, which I see so much, they start getting confident. Mm. They're not afraid. And I, then I have people who, who then call me back, you know, a few weeks later, a month later, and say, you know, I was at an audition. They handed me something. I felt so good about it. I just went and did it. And there it was. There it was, was the freedom to just trust your own intuition and to trust that you're going to have responses to things because that's how we are as human beings. We walk by something, we smell something, we have a response. We hear a song, we have a response. Mm -hmm. We don't have to work so hard. I like that. That works for me. Good. I like not working so hard. So a couple of, like a minor question and a less minor question. So the minor question is, is could you give me an example of one of the fun questions on your fun questionnaire? Um, a person that you would like to murder. <laughs> that is a fun and, question. <laughs> yeah, because it, it, what it does is it brings up like, oh, I could never do that. And I mm. said, I didn't say you could do it. I said that you'd like to murder. Right. That you have, you know, that might be, you know, it could be uh, an ex-lover who did some who wronged you and you just have that, that that feeling like like a vengeful feeling. I want to see if they can connect to that place or or they understand that place and don't judge that place. Right. And then what comes out of that that conversation sometimes is unbelievable again because I find out how deeply hurt they were by something and then I know their trigger points when I'm working with them. Mm. See it all kind of connects. Wow. Yep. That, my that actually turned out that was a I thought it was going to be a minor question, but you gave me a great it's answer. Not, it wasn't a minor question at all. It actually oh. was a key question. Cool. Yeah. Um, which means now my major question is probably going to be a minor question. Yeah, the major question is going to be a disaster. I can feel it already. Yeah, I can feel this happening. That's so, okay, but we'll give it a shot. <laughs> so, do you have any um, uh, good examples? And, and, and it's, it's, especially if you have any names that you could give, but you don't have to. But if, uh, good, uh, some uh, results that have happened as a result of this, like you had mentioned, people who would, who might have gone with something they wouldn't have done otherwise if it weren't for this type of work but i'm just wondering what kind of you know not just pe- in the, in the, in your work but somebody who has maybe auditioned for something and gotten it that they would never have done uh that you could be specific about or as specific I mean, as you're willing to be yeah you know sometimes i don't like to uh go into certain people's private stuff yeah but um i watched i watched several people um just you know i i'm thinking of one woman and i just don't want to mention her name because That's it's personal true. Who you know came to me as as a, a and she was just in her girl, she's in her young girl, her mm-hmm. nice girl, and it was very obvious to me that she had to own her her woman, her her sexuality, mm-hmm. her her naughtiness, her whatever you want to call it, and you know that's a process of talking about it and exploring uh, you know uh, different pieces and just and feeling embarrassed about it and that's okay too you all right you're embarrassed by it so it and. And all of a sudden, she starts getting, uh, literally, she starts getting cast in some wild uh, productions. Mm. And, and I just smile because what she did was she was willing and open to connect to different, a different place. And, and, I, and, and I watched, and, and I, 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 you know, in just watching her process, she just um, gets cast all the time now. Mm. She's constantly working. Constantly working. That's awesome. So, you know, when a person is magnetizing that way and open, 
there's a an unconscious attractiveness and a willingness that people feel. Hmm. Um, let me think if somebody else pops in. Um, you know, for, for whatever reason, what pops in, and this is, again, just as important to me mm-hmm. as the, you know, um, uh, the acting gain or, you know, getting a role or, you know, making it, was this one woman um, came to me and... Uh, just in a very short amount of time, it was very obvious that she just wasn't pleased in the relationship she was in. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it, and I wrote her a monologue. I wrote her a monologue that was about traveling, and and she and, and somehow she expressed to me how she loves getting lost. It was so fascinating. And I was listening to this and, and listening to her psyche of like, because when she's lost in a country that she doesn't know the language, she feels totally freed up to just be whatever she wants. And how fascinating was that? And so I wrote a monologue that just really reflected that energy. And then what happened is she got cast uh, on a cruise to go traveling. Nice. Yes. And she ended, and she ended her relationship. And just realized that she was stuck in something out of fear. Mm. And it really changed her world. Yeah, this brings me actually to another question, which is, so you as a acting coach or a psychotherapist, how does that stuff uh, intersect in your, in your various worlds? Well, it totally intersects. I mean, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Because... The actors that I work with, it, it, it intersects on actually a few levels, but the actors that I work with, the majority of them, 90% of them, can really act. It's not about their acting ability. It's about what's in the way of them being successful, of them being um, good auditioners. And so what, what ends up happening through you know, the, the questions and all the stuff I do is we find that out that, let's say, that unconsciously somebody doesn't want to be successful because they, she doesn't want her mother to know that she's a sexual woman. Mm. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and so she's going to actually fight her success because she wants to stay hidden. And so what, what, the reason it intersects is it's not about the ability or the talent most of the time. It's about the um, freedom to be successful mm-hmm. and, the, um, and, and reducing the obstacles that are in the way of that um, psychologically. And so it just, it, it just keeps coming up. It just, it just it, you know, depending on the pieces and whatever and being out in the world, mm-hmm. they just have, they, what ends up happening, there's so much to talk about and so much gets stirred up. And also when you're out in the acting world, a lot of times you're floating. You're just floating. You don't have really an anchor. When people work with me, they just feel so anchored. Mm. Um, and they know that we can talk on, on so many different levels, whether it's creatively or because I've been doing it for so long, I give them practical help or, or it's just emotional, uh, you know, helping them on that level. So it all intersects. So that's really kind of, uh, I'd have to say, some kind of an edge that, compared to a lot of other acting teachers. Well, I think so, because, and what are we doing, you know, in acting? 
we're we're looking at human behavior. We're looking at um, personality. You know, it's like we're we're, we're thinking about um, the human psyche. So on a few levels, the fact that I get in there, then they also start to think about when they're dealing with their characters, they start thinking about them from a different perspective. Mm. So the, the, the spill out is huge, and it, it, to me it's a tremendous edge. And, and, I, you know, and that's also why I believe I'm a very good director because it's the same edge. Mm. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, it totally is. Now, is there any ever a time when it's like the opposite? Is there any time when having that kind of skill and, and knowledge, is there any double-edged sword to it that could have an opposite effect? Good question. Um, I don't think so. I don't think so because, you know, if people land at my door, they're, they're stuck in something, and even if they don't consciously know it, they want to move to another place. And, you know, that takes um, a certain skill to be able to identify what's going on and to help them through it. So I don't think it's uh, – not that I could even think of that it's ever been um, a negative. Yeah, I was like, for, for whatever reason, the, 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 the old movie, uh, The Man with the X-Ray Eyes, popped into my head. <laughs> and and uh, un- unfortunately, I've never seen that movie. Really? Yeah, I've never seen that movie. I I, I think maybe it was Ray Milland in that movie. Or if I'm making that up, I'm not I sure. I feel like uh... I might be right with Don Rickles and. Uh, oh wow! Not, not a comedy. No, he was playing a very uh, you know one of his acting roles. But you know, it starts out with where he first has this ability to uh, see through things, and at first, it's like this greatest thing ever. And like you see all the women naked, how how bad <laughs> could that be? But eventually, it becomes his undoing, and he becomes he goes absolutely mad from it. So, wow. Um, so, so, so I guess what I, what what made me think of that is if you had some sort of a power that you couldn't turn off when you needed to. Like, yeah, do you ever need to turn it off? You know, it's 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 really interesting that you say that because my worlds collide in so many ways. Collide and Co- collide, Baldo. They collide. Yes, they do. Yeah. Okay. And um, I just naturally turn it off. It's like whatever happens in the room, or or you know, I, I'm. It just uh, again, it doesn't feel like it's a. Uh, it doesn't feel like a negative. Good. And it it doesn't cause trouble or problems, you know. Um, it's it works. Okay. Well, this is a good thing. I just was it is. curious it, it, about that. Yeah, yeah. It's a very good thing. It's a really a good thing. It just, you know, it's just this skill and ability, and mm-hmm. and 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 it doesn't uh, it doesn't get in the way. It just doesn't. So, what are you working on now? What am I working on now? I actually, this past weekend, just shot a, uh, I acted in a film called uh, I'm Not Sorry, by uh, written and directed by uh, Russell Costanzo. Um, uh, and I, you know, it, 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 I mean, how lucky am I? I get to work with people, you know, in a cool, and, and again, my style, yes, it's serious. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm always playful. But I get to play this weird, creepy sexy, vulnerable character 
who's odd, but, you know, all these things. Mm-hmm. And we just shot that this past weekend. It's going to be a short and mm-hmm. hopefully uh, go to the uh, festival circuit. Um, so that that just uh, wrapped last night. And then I'm going to be uh, in a TV pilot um, that will be shot down in Delaware December um, 18th and 19th. Um, I have a role uh, that kind of opens the pilot. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is also a kind of a, a cool role, uh, it's, and, and this this particular pilot's about a um, female con woman, mm. and I, I actually am the first person she cons. So ah. yes, very very, and I end up uh, handcuffed to a bed in a hotel room, and you could use your imagination after there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. No, that would be. Uh, I would imagine that would be uh, like a, if that's a pilot. A part like that, that would be the one time you would play that part? Well, it's, it's it's funny you say that because the way the guy wrote the pilot, just about all the characters are recurring. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually surprised by that as well because uh, usually it's, you know, it would be just kind of a uh, a day player kind of role. Right. But he even said he wanted me to play this particular role and... Um, he cast me because uh, he was the director DP of this other film, Night and Day, and I improved the scene in a way that just made him laugh and get hysterical. He then cast me in his next film, which we already did, and then he cast me in this. And so I'm very flattered because, you know, it's just getting a phone call and saying, would you be in my film? Now, have you uh, uh, been in anything where people go, oh, I remember that guy? Yeah. Tell me. I'm trying to think about it. Like like people saying about me, I remember that guy? Yeah. Oh, um, I remember you in that movie. That was you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I did I did a film, and this actually was, actually it was kind of the reverse of that, but because they didn't remember me, I mm-hmm. was flattered. I did uh-huh. a film years ago called The Changeling, not the one with Angelina Jolie. Uh-huh. And... Um, this was an adaptation of a Thomas Middleton uh, play. All right. And I played the florist, and I was on screen. I had like I was on screen for over an hour, all classical language, and I played the uh, the, the servant who was lusting after the woman of the house, and uh, very kind of dark, uh, interesting role. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> a person came to see that film and came up to me afterwards and and just was saying some nice things and. And somebody next to it said, oh, he also was in Doughboys. He played Shmuel. And Shmuel is a guy with cat hair all over his vest who <laughs> reads Reader's Digest and lives with his mother. And she did not even know it was me from that movie. Wow. So it's actually the reverse that was so flattering. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when she thought about it, it was like, wow, wow. So uh, that that's real, That was really cool. Um and I'm, I'm trying to think of something specific. Um, I'm on so many shoots where somebody says, where do I know you from? And we then we go into it, and they saw me on The Sopranos, or they saw me on Law & Order. Or they oh, saw what me were you on, on The Sopranos? Wait, what, wait, wait, tell me about that. I was, uh, I was on the second-to-last season, the second-to-last show of the second-to-last season. Okay. It's where uh, Vito gets killed, the uh, um, the gay yes, mobster. Yes, I remember that episode and very so well. At, at the very end of that episode, 
uh, David Chase always likes to put a little uh, um, exclamation point and have a little inside jokes. Mm-hmm. That particular actor went to the, uh, something called the Thin Club and lost like 100 pounds. <laughs> yeah. So he, ha- he had me as play a photographer in the last moment looking at like the newspaper article of Vito getting killed. And I just say something like, I knew that guy. I shot him for the Thin Club. Huh. And you see a picture of him like losing all that weight like with his pants, and then the, the episode ends. Wow. Yeah, so, you I, know. I kind of remember that. See, there you go. Do you? I kind of remember. Yeah, I do. Cool. Now, cool. by the way, I, uh, my, my one and only uh, uh, credit in the world of uh, movies is a movie called Two Family House, uh, which had a whole bunch of Sopranos actors in it, including that guy. The, the guy who Oh, really? Gita. Yes. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Great. Michael Rispoli, who was in the, the original head of the family, in the first couple of episodes, he dies of cancer. Yes. Jackie Sr. He's Jackie Aprile. Yes, yes. And then I just did um, A Night of Too Many Stars on Comedy Central. Hmm. And uh, I was I did a spot with Harvey Keitel. Oh, nice. Yes, yes. I you guys look, of, look like you could be brothers. I, I, hey, I, I'll take that as a total compliment. I like Harvey. Um yeah. And I was one of his uh, backup dancers. It was a quirky piece where uh, it, he was singing a song or mouthing a song with uh, Carly Rae Jepsen, mm-hmm. uh, Call Me Maybe, and, and uh, I was one of three backup dancers to Harvey Keitel. Carly Rae Je- and, and does, does, isn't like her great-great-grandchildren uh, have a really cool uh, place up above the sky? I feel like that's some joke that you're trying to make. Yeah, I'm really, really I, going... Very far into the future for that joke, but I tried. Wow, wow. <laughs> I, oh, what can I tell you? Yes, um, okay. So, so uh, let me ask you this. Uh, I, you, you kind of uh, hinted to me before we got on the phone that you might uh, have a little offer for people who are listening either now or in the future. Absolutely. Speaking I you of know, the future. For, for, uh, for your uh, people who are listening, for your guests, I want to offer them – uh, a half price of either an acting coaching session, a counseling session, or um, a photography session. And, and you know, with a photography session, a lot of people think of just actors' headshots, but like you, it can, you know, there are so many people whose website pictures mm-hmm. just need a lot of help. Yeah. And so, uh, and make a big difference energetically. So the first five people that respond... Um, and they can respond, I guess, through my email, which is cb, like Charlie Brown, 713 at aol.com. Mm-hmm. And just put in the subject, uh, Coach Andrew, and then just let me know, you know, what, you, what you'd be interested in working on. Um, you know, it would be great to just uh, do that for people. Um, I work quickly, I work, you know, I work deeply, and uh, I want to show you what I can do and then also meet you. Now, I I will now, I will say that that other thing that that picture has really helped me with, I will will reveal that, is dating dating sites. Dating sites uh, has been, um, uh, I I, I no longer use it as my lead picture because it's, you know, it's not... Totally up to date, even though I don't. I don't think I look any older than that because I refuse you know. to believe it. Um, but it is uh, that picture has probably gotten more attention than any other picture I've ever used on a dating site. So on OkCupid okay, or whatever sites I've been on. 
That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Look at that. Yeah. So, uh, so, so you've you've done a what's that <laughs> word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, a, a, a shiduk. You've done a photographic oh. shiduk from uh, your 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 lens to uh, to my social life has been very uh, helpful. That's wonderful. And again, you see, it's all it's it's energy. It, it's just somehow there's that that attraction mm-hmm. and people being drawn to uh, to that. So that's wonderful. It, it I, again, I love that picture of you. It's it's so uh, it's powerful. It's Thank a powerful you. picture. And just yeah. for anybody who has no idea what I just said, a shidduk is a it's a, it's a Yiddish word that means uh, you know a match. Oh, it wasn't it wasn't like a number two. Uh, uh, number two. Like number two, like when you go to the bathroom, like shit. Is that, yeah. is that what that meant? Uh, <laughs> I guess that's revenge for my Jetsons joke, I think. Exactly, exactly. Okay, very good. I'm, <laughs> I'm now, I'm just flushed with excitement from that one. Okay, well, I'm really going to put the lid on it now. Uh, I, got, I can just keep going. Um, okay, great. So uh, what's the next thing that we could look forward to from you? Well, um, let's see. I've been asked to join, and I'm very flattered to be part of the Amaralist Theater Company. Um, very, very wonderful theater company um, that uh, has done great work in the city. Um, so I know I'm going to be. I know I'm doing a reading with them, but I'm, I'm sure I'll be in several future productions. So keep your eye out on that. Um, one of my goals is to write. And direct a film, a screenplay. I'm going to do that at the beginning of next year. Um, I'm in the process of starting a um, a group, uh, and I'm just deciding whether to do that online or to do that live, which mm-hmm. is kind of like a support networking uh, creative group that really um, uh, can express themselves and get a lot of stuff out, and we can have topics and really get to some uh, some very important uh, issues that seem common to a lot of people. So that's going on. Um, I don't know. I'm just, you know, I'm, 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 I'm doing my thing. I'm, yes, I'm working. you are. I'm doing, I am doing my thing. So um, I'm looking forward to, uh, uh, you know, continuing. And, 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 and what also is happening, and I'm, I'm excited about this as well, is, uh, I'm finding that more and more people, and I know this is just you know whatever, um, mm-hmm. are are putting me on retainer, and and mm. yeah, they're putting me on retainer for three months or six months, so that you know, let's say it's an actor or or whatever, whoever, just could kind of have a session whenever they need it, or I'm available to them, or um, uh, if it's an actor, they have a they have two big auditions, uh, we, you know, I'll, I'll fit them in. And there's a commitment to that, and there's a an intensity and a velocity to that mm-hmm. that I'm finding more and more people are making huge strides with that kind of uh, commitment. So, wow, that's great. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's all there's a lot of lot of good stuff happening. Well, I want to thank you very much, Clyde, for being on my show. Oh, it's. Andrew, thanks. Thanks for asking me, and uh, it, it's such a privilege to be here. And I know the kind of things that are important to you, and and you know that your whole uh, philosophy is to inspire people's passion. So you know, thank you for doing that because that's what the world needs. And as you know, I do that as well. So yes, well, you're a guy who has inspired me. So that's one of the reasons. Like I've wanted to have you actually on, on here for a couple of years now. 
Wow. And uh, finally we got around to, to that conversation. Thank you. It's, well, more good things. You yeah. know, uh, it's uh, the power of uh, of passion is you can't even put a, a number on it because mm-hmm. it just it just keeps creating opportunities. But seriously, like I've seen, uh, you know, a couple of your productions, and and they make me think. They uh, they create emotional connections. I am always in awe of the. The kind of talent also that you attract around you, which says a lot about who you are. Thank you. You know, I, I believe in, in a high standard of excellence in, in what I do, mm-hmm. and that's important to me. You know, the worst thing you can be is embarrassed about, you know, what you're doing or not feeling good about what you're putting out there. And there are a lot of productions out there where I know people are cringing. And you know, and and that's that's their journey. And uh, but mm-hmm. I I want every detail of my production, uh, from programs to uh, how the audience feels sitting in the seats to the type of theater it is mm-hmm. to you know uh, the caliber of the work has to be strong. Yes, because that that feels good. So I appreciate that, and and that's what I strive for, and and it keeps me it keeps me juiced up. To keep doing better and stronger things, and 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 living from my passion and confronting myself to keep growing. Wow, thanks. So uh, once again, uh, everyone, you can learn more about Clyde Clyde Baldo, B A L D O dot com, and he has this great offer for the first five people, uh, whether it's people who are listening right now live or people who have listened on download on iTunes. Uh, if you have, want a chance to get Clyde's work at half price, it's a very extraordinary offer. And uh, if you you look, can look no further than my page and see his work as a photographer, and I'm here to tell you that his work as a director and writer is astounding. So that's all you need to know. Would you agree? I totally agree. Okay, good. So <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks again, and we will be back not next week because uh, I'm going to be away for – Thanksgiving, and I'm going to take a break. We'll be back in two weeks. And everyone, thanks for listening, and we will see you in December. Good night. Thanks, Andrew. You're welcome.